0: boss! Welcome to your bossy podcast. We are on episode two of season one. Last episode was um, I think it turned out okay. I think it was pretty interesting to really get the feel of it and go into it. Uh, This episode is titled Remembering. And it will be about all of the incidents that I remember happening to me. Before I go into that, I do want to say that this episode will be a little bit disturbing. So if you suspect that it will be a little bit too disturbing for you, then um, do exit now. Or if you want to stay and educate yourself and get into all these kind of perspectives, then stay tuned. I want to start off with talking about trauma and I want to talk about I want to use one of my trauma as a child as an example Um, just because this this trauma wasn't an assault trauma but it was a trauma that as a child I remember seeing and I remember being scared so when I was a child um, maybe around the age of maybe four to eight I'm not really quite sure Um, I just know that I was very young at the time. I've always been petite, but I was small enough to the point where um, a grown adult could carry me and lift me up into the sky. So the story is, is that I used to always go to these ceremonies and I would go with my parents. Uh, these ceremonies were kind of like rituals and shamanism stuff. And I would go because I really loved hanging out with my cousins and meeting new friends and just kind of playing around. And I would always be so excited to go. And I would always go. And there was one time when one of my first cousin had a ceremony happening and this I don't know if he's a cousin or an uncle, but he had carried me and he had lifted me up into the sky and kind of um, threw me up in the sky. And I got so scared to the point where I started sobbing and crying and I was so angry. And I remember seeing my dad kind of just watching the whole incident happen. And um, that was kind of like the, the end of it. I remember seeing his face. But I don't remember exactly who it is. Um, I remember seeing that you know he had kind of like a square shaped head. Um, <laughs> if hopefully you can picture that, but I don't remember like all of the details about him because of this incident. I stopped going to the ceremonies, and I stopped going wherever my dad and them went because I was scared that he was gonna be there. I had nightmares about him, and I had nightmares about this incident. And that's how scared I was. That's how much of a what he thought was innocent and what my dad thought was innocent had caused on me, which is I had nightmares and I, it prevented me from doing something that I love to do because it was just so traumatic to me. And when I eventually decided to go back and start going back to these ceremonies, I remember holding myself, like, very tall and just being, like, that that know-it-all and, like, you know, he's nothing. Um, I was going to go in and see him and then mad dog him. And when I went to these ceremonies, I saw two guys that looked like him. Um, I don't know if they're brothers or they're related in some kind of way, but they kind of look like the person that I saw. Which, now, I don't know exactly which one it is, but... That's kind of like how I remember this incident and how this this trauma um, affected me. Like, I, I don't remember exactly. And that relates to my assault trauma as well. Is I don't remember exactly from beginning to end, but I remember bits and pieces. For my assault incident, I do actually remember and know who it is. Um, just because I put all of the pieces together and um, it just made sense that i know he is the one that did this to me um i can see his face clearly and out of all of the people that i've seen he is the person that i see um in all of my incidents and there was a saying that goes maybe you believe in something so much that you end up not even considering the fact that it might not be real and i have considered that i have considered where is it because I lived my whole life believing and thinking and I tricked my mind into thinking that he was the one but really he's not because I never really confronted him I was so little at the time and I feel like that's how childhood trauma happens is you don't remember everything so I did have these doubts and I did um you know consider that maybe I'm just so stirred that I tricked my mind into thinking that it's him, but it's not him. I have considered that, but I have come to the conclusion that at the end of the day, when I put all of the pieces together, it adds up to being him. And to this day, it still adds up to being him. I just want to share with you that I have considered those two. So my perpetrator is actually somebody that was really close to the family and he was around quite often. Um, He did have access to me because he was trusted by the people around me. And so that allowed him access to do these kind of things towards me. And that's kind of how CSA um, really happens is because they are somebody that you know and they're somebody that is trusted and there's no supervision and things like that. I did mention in my last episode that I won't be revealing um, who he is exactly, but I do want to share the details around him so that you can kind of picture um, what type of person he is. He was a teenager at that time, and there were people who told me that he didn't know better, and so um, just let it go. He wasn't, he was just a, a kid, and he did that to you, but he didn't know what he was doing. But I know for a fact that that is not true because there were people around his age that knew better and they knew not to do that to me and yet he still did that to me. So him being that teenager and that that, uh, person older than me, he knew better. For me, I was very young at that time. I was only around like the age of 5 to 7. I was still sleeping with my parents. Um I remember sleeping with them until maybe after kindergarten to like maybe first grade and then that's when I started sleeping with my grandma. And I remember that I didn't even know what a penis and a vagina was really. I didn't know the functions of them. I didn't know <laughs> I didn't even know that there was a vagina hole until I lost my virginity. I didn't know that a penis had to be inserted into a vagina in any kind of way. So that's how innocent I really was. I didn't know all of these sexual stuff until I was a teenager. I remember having this um, like kind of sex education or birth education. Um, I don't remember which one, but it was some kind of sexual education in elementary but I remember I gave the piece of paper for my dad to sign and I thought it was a consent form like to allow me to watch it um, that we had to give to them so that you know we could get the education but it was a form to say that we didn't want the education and that they refused to let us watch that so my dad signed that and um, I didn't get to have the education that some of my classmates did receive. I remember in middle school, we got like a little bit of an education on it, but it was kind of like, I was still kind of like, ew, and all that stuff. And so i still didn't get the proper education so it wasn't until my boyfriend at the time who brought it to my attention that there was something wrong with me and when i say that there was something wrong with me it is that there was irregularity in the common area for genital injuries so that's kind of like what he brought to my attention which for me i didn't know that it was a injury i seriously thought that it was um part of me because I didn't have the education and I've never seen other vaginas before. I only saw my my own. Of course, I went on Google. I did some research and it was known as an injury. I'm no doctor, so I can't say that that is the exact thing to approve me of that. Yes, I was sexually assaulted. But... Because of this, it opened up this door to all of the memories that I had, and it brought it to my attention of that everything that I saw was actually real. As this door opened, everything started to make sense, and I started to see brighter pictures, and I started to see things more clearly. I was very hesitant to tell um, that boyfriend at the time for the sake of his privacy, I'll call him Henry. I was very hesitant to tell Henry about my research and what I had discovered because I was really scared of the judgment and I was really scared of him um, not loving me because this had happened to me. So I took a while to actually tell him about it, but when I built up the courage and when he comforted me to, you know, that it's okay and all that stuff... Um, I did bring it up to him and I brought up all of the things that I remember seeing. Before I go into all of the memories, I do want to share some perspective as well and um, share some things so that maybe you can keep an open mind as well. Being a CSA survivor, when you are so young, you cannot control how you feel, how your body reacts to things that are done to you. Um, I remember coming across this lady, um, I'm not sure if you guys know her, but, um, I remember coming across her and she had shared about how she had craved for her stepfather's pleasure that he was doing with her and, you know, she felt guilty about it for a very long time and it wasn't until she saw her therapist where her therapist told her that it's quite common to feel that I didn't know that I could even relate to something or that this was something that, um, is quite common until i came upon her and i then stopped feeling ashamed and i stopped feeling um like i was at fault and i I stopped feeling like i was disgusted in myself because for my incidents it's it's quite similar Um, I wasn't able to control my body and I wasn't able to control how I felt. If you can't understand from a perspective of a CSA survivor, then maybe from a perspective of like when you were a child and you were given um, pieces of candy that you really enjoyed and your body tells you that it's, it's so delicious and you just want more and you wish you could have all of the candy in the world, but... As you get older, you start to realize that it's it's temporary and it, it's not good for you. And you know how to set limits and you know how to, to better yourself, right? That's kind of like the best scenario that I have. It's hard to control what your body wants because your body wants what is temporarily good for it only and at a such a young age you don't know how to control these kind of things yet so with this perspective i hope that you keep an open mind or that you find empathy and compassion and you um, try your very best to understand where i'm coming from if you're a survivor like myself and you grew up holding that against yourself and feeling ashamed and feeling disgusted that I hope that you find forgiveness and you give yourself that grace because you were only a child and you can't control how your body reacts. Um, Forgive yourself and let it go and um, just know that you are not alone as well. As I was sitting there and crying and being still hesitant to tell Henry about um, all of the memories that I remembered, I went into it and I did tell him... The sofa was gray, and he had a blanket over him, and that blanket was yellow and white, but mostly yellow. I remember walking past him and looking out the window, and he had asked me to come and lay next to him. Um, And, of course, next to him, meaning in between him. And I just went with it. And, you know, him being a lot older than me, um, you kind of just listen, right? so I went and I laid in between him and that's when the groping started it was the very first incident and it was how it kind of started it started with him groping me first and being as young as I am as I mentioned you kind of think that you're playing and you just go along with it and you you think that it's fun and um after that I remember seeing a few incidents of foreplay now and in these foreplay incidents um, I remember enjoying them and I remember that that's all I ever wanted is to feel this feeling that I felt throughout my whole body and it continued to happen a few times and then after that this very last incident that I remembered was I wanted the foreplay and I didn't want to do anything else. And I thought that the foreplay was happening, but of course, um, it escalated just from groping to foreplay to, you know, penetration. And I'm not quite sure if the penetration really did happen, but um, I remember laying there and we were on a bed and he tried to k- French kiss me. And I didn't know how to French kiss, I didn't know a single thing about kissing. I was so innocent that when he did that, I was kind of like, what is happening? And I remember him opening his mouth and trying to stick his tongue in my mouth and try to kind of make it romantic. And because I didn't know what to do, it kind of stopped. And then after that, that's when the penetration happened. And I don't know if it was a penis penetration or fingers, but... I remember that it was painful, and I had told him to stop, and that I didn't want that, and I only wanted the foreplay. After that, everything just went blank, and I don't remember a single thing or any more incidents after that. I don't know if my brain just blocked me from feeling pain, or if I just told myself, like, I don't want to think or I don't want to see anything anymore. I'm not sure, or maybe that was the only incident that happened, and that's it. I'm not sure. Well, what I am sure of is what I saw in um, after that. I don't know if it was a few days or how long, but I remember waking up and having a dried bloody panty. And I don't remember why I had it. I remember waking up next to my mom and I felt this crustiness in between my legs and um, I didn't feel any pain. So I wasn't scared. I was Honestly, just scared that my mom was going to yell at me and that I was going to get in trouble. So then what I did was I took the panties and I threw it away in the trash can and I hid it. And then after that, I just kind of went back to sleep. Then I remember it happening again. And this time it felt like normal. It felt like I've seen this before and now I was just so tired. I didn't want to deal with it. And I just took off my panties, threw it away and went back to sleep. I feel like if I had had... The support system where um, my parents had educated me about coming to them if anything was wrong or if I had felt anything or suspected anything or um, even the education about if somebody touches you, then go to them. I didn't receive any of that and I believe that if I did, that my parents made me feel safe and that my parents educated me about this, a lot of this stuff could have been prevented. And so I really do encourage that if, if you think that your child is too young to know all of this stuff or you think that it's uncomfortable to have these kind of conversations with your children, it is not. You would rather do it now than when it's too late. And I didn't even come out to my parents until I was like 19 to 20 years old. So really have these uncomfortable conversations and educate your children even if they're four or five educate them about go to an adult go to go you can come to me about anything and um you know if somebody comes up to you or somebody is trying to do something to you then, you know, tell them no and run away or tell me about it right away. And these kind of things can stop these assaults from happening. You might think that you don't need to because you have supervision over your children 24-7 or maybe you're a very protective parent and um, you believe that you will always protect your children. But really... It happens. It happens to children, especially because they are around people that are trusted. So it could even be your father, your brother, your sister, your aunts, your uncles, your best friends. It could really be anybody. It could even be your partner that is doing that to that poor child. So really, you really do have to educate them because in my scenario Nobody ever thought that it would be this person that did it to me as well. And so educate, educate, educate because as protective as you are, you can't be there for them 24/7. Even though I was a child, there are many areas in where I also went wrong as well. You know, I can't just blame everything on my parents and on my perpetrator, but for me as well is that when I suspected that there was something wrong and that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, it's kind of like the scenario I shared eating the candy, but you know it's wrong, but you're, you're still doing it anyways. It was kind of like that where when I first suspected that something was wrong and that I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing, I decided not to go to an adult about it. And I really did blame myself. And I remember having a conversation with my brother and I had told my brother that I actually did this. My brother was kind of like, no, you can't because you can't be doing that. And that was when I knew that what I did was not okay. And instead of going to an adult about it, I decided to hide it and I was going to take it to my grave. But of course, my mental health couldn't, couldn't hold on to that and everything kind of lined up right my boyfriend Henry saw my scars and then I eventually couldn't handle it with my mental health and then I decided to tell my parents about it and so I feel like everything really lined up for everything to happen to take me to where I am today but I do feel like that is my fault in all of this is that I didn't go to an adult when I had suspected that something was wrong and I don't know when I had this conversation with my brother but I know that because of this conversation I never told another living soul until I told Henry. My brother was the person that I trusted. My brother was the person who I was closest to. And if he didn't think that what I was doing was okay, then of course I wouldn't want to share with anybody else. I remember asking my brother to this day if he remembers me having that conversation with him. And he says no, he doesn't remember and I feel like that's how it works. Is at, you're you're so young at the time, you don't know, you don't remember everything. You pick and choose the memories that you really remember and so he doesn't remember having that conversation but I do remember having that conversation with him because he was the reason why I stopped talking about it to anybody so as I was sitting there and I was telling Henry all of these memories sitting in fear of that he was gonna dump me and he wasn't gonna be with me anymore he was actually very understanding and he supported me and helped guide me he definitely didn't push me to come out about it and you know he just was there for me and This really opened up the door to a lot of behavioral issues and a lot of anger and loneliness. And and I just was, this was kind of when I started to be that introverted person. So when all of this thought really came to an end and it wasn't happening anymore to me, I really felt abandoned and I really felt kind of sad. That's when I kind of told you that I was kind of acting out in elementary and I was I was being a bully and all of that stuff and I didn't realize that the reason why I was the way I was was because of this but when he had stopped doing it to me I felt abandoned and I felt betrayed he started dating girls and then that's kind of when he stopped doing that to me I also put the pieces together of that there was an incident where he had given me a gift and of course at that time i didn't think much about the gift but right now as an adult i'm thinking that it was probably like a parting gift right where he felt guilty he was giving me a gift and you know it's kind of like we're done or keep quiet about it right when he gave me this gift I, i really loved it and i was actually shocked why he gave me the gift because he had kind of left me for a very long time and he didn't talk to me and and he kind of avoided me and then started dating girls, right? So I was really shocked when I received this gift and then after that, that was like the only moment or time when he was actually kind to me. After that, he started being really mean to me and he started putting fear inside of me. I don't know if it's because of the guilt he felt inside or if he felt like inflicting fear was going to shut me up but he was really mean to me and I remember him being upset about other things but putting that anger on me and that in of itself made me realize that the reason why he was the way he was towards me is because he had done something to me which is now what I put the pieces together that he was the one who did it to me and I see him so that's kind of like how I put all of the pieces together and how I pinpointed that he was the one who hurt me and he was my perpetrator like I said before I keep an open mind of that maybe my brain is tricking me into believing that it's him but it's not him and um, I was I was so young at that time that I don't remember exactly, right? But like trauma and like memories that we remember, we might not remember beginning to end, but we know what we know. And if all of these pieces didn't relate and didn't add up together, and everything didn't go in together, I think that I would have considered that it it didn't happen and that it wasn't him. But everything, everything just fit in into that he is the person who harmed me. Every case is different. Um, you remember differently. You cope with trauma differently. Um, all of the things that I share, it might not be all CSA survivors and how they feel and all of that stuff. But it's how I feel and it's it's how I see things and what I see and how I believe that these kind of things can really help us and educate us for our next generations and for our children. That's really all I have for today's episode is I just wanted to share my memories with you give you a little bit of perspective from a CSA survivor and also educate you a little bit about the importance of educating your children about these kind of incidents and just not your children but your nieces and nephews and your brothers and sisters and any innocent soul out there that is not receiving the education from their parents or from the system uh, enough to protect themselves it just really sucks that children might not be getting the education that they need in this kind of area and like my case where I didn't get the education in time to help me and to guide me through all of this. Closing off I do hope that this episode wasn't too heavy on the heart especially for the friends and family um, that are close to me or that know me. I know that it can be a little bit heavy and so Uh, Feel free to reach out to me. I'm very open. That is why I'm here is to talk about these kind of things. Thank you to all of the bosses out there for listening. And I hope that you're working on your healing journey as well. I hope that you have a wonderful day. You have a wonderful rest of your week and that you continue to be the bad boss that you are. Know that I'm rooting for you. Know that I am healing. And so don't feel too sorry for me and don't feel too sad. Okay. Thank you so much for listening boss. Bye.